When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to episode number one of the Always Race Day podcast. We've been um, we've been grinding at this website. Not I haven't done a lot. Uh, Connor's done most of it. We'll bring him in in a minute. But this has been going on for well over a year, and uh, we're excited to finally bring a racing podcast to you guys. And uh, we're going to try and do this weekly. Obviously, it might get a little uh, different during the off season. We know this is like a late start to the year, but we're trying to build up and be on our feet, ready to roll coming up next year. Anything new, anything you guys can share, uh, comment, like, any of that stuff is of great benefit to us as we're trying to start this thing out. Um, the world of auto racing is a passion point for me, and as it is Connor Ferguson, who you know, I'll bring in here momentarily. But um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to try and do on Sunday nights, uh, recapping everything from the week, looking ahead to the next week. And uh, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to doing here, specifically once the offseason starts, is getting a bunch of my racing heroes on here to do long-form interviews. That's really my favorite thing to do in all of media, is sit-downs um, and just dig in, digging deep. So I'm looking forward to that. And with that, I'll bring in the man who really makes Always Race Day go. His name is Connor Ferguson. And um, I'm going to hopefully talk him off of IndyCar being the greatest form of auto racing uh, over the next couple of weeks, months, years. Hopefully we're here a decade from now. Connor, my main man, what's going on? Welcome to your first podcast. You are going to be the host of this show. So I'm just handing it off to you now. It's your deal. Uh, Enjoy. That's good because it's going to take you 10 years to convince me that IndyCar isn't the most impressive thing I've ever seen in racing. (laughs) You say that, that, and I've been working on my office here, and I actually, you can't see it, but I just hung a uh, Team Red Bull canvas. So I got a big Max Verstappen canvas hanging up here in my office. So uh, Formula One for life, buddy. I'm jealous of your office. That's what I want like every room in my future house to be. I do. I have I don't know uh, how sustainable that is. Hundreds of race cars. Um, it's it is pretty badass. It's been a man. I've spent way too much money on these diecast race cars over the years, but it's a passion point, and that's a good point to lead in. Like that. This is a couple of guys who are super passionate about this. Of course, we're looking for sponsors. We're like a race team. You know, we need we need funding to keep going. We're probably going to be launching a Patreon type of page at some point. 
Uh, the whole point I've always wanted to do with this, Connor, was to give you a job. I wanted you to be able to live my dream, which was to make a living in racing. That was my dream 15 years ago. I'm not complaining. I'm in a really good spot now, but I never got to do that. And I kind of want to live vicariously through you and um, just have my little, be able to dip my little toes in it. So let's get after it. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, pretty good weekend of racing. I was down in Eddieville at the uh, World Fuel Altered Nationals uh, drag race. It's like the only drag race I go to every year. It's one of the only races I go to that I'm not working uh, when I go with my dad because he sponsors it and everything. And pretty all right event. Um, I would do some different things uh, that they did, but I don't want to get too far into it because we're talking about every other form of Every other form of racing. I've never been to a drag race ever. That, that event like alone is like, you think you've seen grassroots like racing and like modified. I hope I can cuss on here, but shit boxes. Yeah, you can just rolling up to the track. Um, that is like, I mean, there's pit crews drinking at like one o'clock. Yeah. It's like a rodeo. I, it, it was as like, yeah, you ever gone to a local rodeo form as it gets the guys. They're, they're like, 12 beers in and then they jump on their horse. Like I'm <laughs> that serious. just makes it more fun to me. Yeah. No, it's, for, it's for real. I, anyways, that's cool. So you did that. I, my racing weekend consisted of, man, I didn't get to do a lot to be honest with you. I had a cyclone fanatic event in Eastern Iowa on Friday. So I, I have not, I did not get to see the, the truck race. I didn't get to see any car. I did uh, dip into some world of outlaw late models on Saturday night, watched Larson. Yeah, so you saw Larson win again. Yeah. That's, let's hop into that because okay. the dude, since he's won the Knoxville Nationals, he won a midget crown jewel, and then he won Saturday with the LLA models, and he was close to winning Friday but broke running third. Yeah, my my I guess my take on Larson right now is I try and be a little bit unique and not just do the same, oh, he's the best driver in the world because we all know that is what's what's fascinating to me was I was covering that that race when Tony Stewart broke his leg mm-hmm. in Oski however many years ago and I remember the backlash to that being like oh he's selfish he's running um you know he's he's running sprint cars and getting hurt and now his whole NASCAR team has to scramble and all this stuff and now it's just like I feel like all these guys like I'm a I'm a big Chase Elliott fan like he's He's out there trying to run all these things. He ran know. that USAC midget race with Larson. Yeah, like, and who do we, who else did we see? We saw um, Chase Briscoe. Yeah, Briscoe. That that's who it was. Yeah, like we we're seeing all these guys kind of jumping in there, and and it's almost the opposite now than it was a decade ago. Where now, like, it does NASCAR such a f- favor and such a service for these guys can to I be try, out there. Can I try to connect this to something? Yeah, because. I think a few years ago when they said we're going to limit every cup driver's Xfinity and truck starts to five per season, I think we were all sitting here hating it. And over the past two and a half years, we've seen Kyle Larson go to dirt. But these other guys, instead of running Saturday's Xfinity race, are going to go watch a sprint car race or run a sprint car race or run a dirt race to get ready for Bristol and be like, wow, that's fun. I want to go run a dirt race on a Wednesday during the season. And I think part of that is the success that Larson's had, but I think another big part of it is like a lot of their Saturdays are freed up because NASCAR won't let them run more than five races. Yeah. I mean, 
And the practice schedule is just not what it was because of right, they don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, Larson would have never, I don't want to say never, but the Knoxville nationals, I mean, there's a realistic chance he wouldn't have been able to run that due to practice and qualifying and all that stuff in another year, depending on where they were at and the timing of it and all that. But and it usually came during Michigan and all that, but you know, if he doesn't end up going to dirt last year because of what he did, uh, and being that successful and then having that, like, um, I don't know, hand thing in the back of your pocket to pull out during the contract talks with Hendrick. He's like, I'm, I'm a good dirt racer. You're going to have to let me race dirt if you want to sign me. Well, I, I, I think it's been great. I, you know, listen again, I'm a Chase Elliott fan. I, I would say my second favorite driver is definitely Kyle Larson. It was um, prior to, you know, his setback, which was really unfortunate um, but I, I do think he's done a lot of the necessary things to rebuild himself. And I think he's a better guy now because of it, but it's been fun for me. Like I, I grew up Connor, like I, I was a Bill Elliott fan. Um, Dale Jarrett and Elliott Sadler were then my guys. Elliot, I was a big Elliott Sadler fan. I feel like you of all people could appreciate that. Cause he was kind of a, you know, he wasn't like a household name, didn't win a lot, but that was my dude. I like him. He, he was, was on my, a NASCAR video game cover one year. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, I mean, I could go on, I could do a two hour podcast about the career of Elliott Sadler, but I'm not going to do that, but it's, it's weird for me. I, I was never a Hendrick guy. And now like my two favorite drivers are, both racing for for Hendrick. So it's been fun to watch. I will say this. I hate Michigan. I hate mile and a half tracks. I think that they're God awful. I think that they are above all the reason NASCAR has gotten into the rut that it has been in Mm -hmm. over the last 15 years, the abundance of these God awful, boring racetracks. I thought today was more entertaining than I anticipated it would be. I actually wasn't that bored. I, and I don't know no, why, you, uh, but said, I enjoyed it. You said you were going to be the one to throw out the slamming hot sauce takes, but like, I want to go on a rant about that. Okay. NASCAR is sitting here. I had a tweet about this. They are, they NASCAR on Fox, the Twitter account tweeted today, a picture of pack racing at Michigan on the backstretch on lap one of the race. Okay. It's fucking lap one. <laughs> no shit. The cars are going to be close together. In any package you have, the cars are going to be close together. But they're conditioning fans to think, oh, big pack of cars? That makes a good race. And what it does at Michigan with this package is you could pass for second and third, and it looked really interesting because the cars were all right there. But the leader just has to move his line an inch to the left, take the air away from you, and then you can't pass the leader. And that's why Ryan Blaney won the race today. He said – he doesn't like racing like that, but he had to race like that to get the win. Hmm. I, I didn't. I, I didn't notice that. And th- this is why I, th- I do think that this podcast is going to work when it's you and me because you're so in the weeds now. Yeah. Like no, I, mean, I learn way more. Like I mean, I talked to Matt Weaver once a week or so, and I learned so much from him. That's great. And it just that, makes me want to keep going. That's how you get better, and and that's why I love it. I'm just a fan now. Uh, I mean, as as people get to know us here on the podcast, like I was doing a lot of work in racing. I wasn't making a living in it. I was doing a lot of work in it in, I don't know, the early part of my career up here in Des Moines with the Iowa Speedway and um, with the Des Moines Register. But it it was such a – so like during college, I was working 
five nights a week announcing at tracks around the Midwest. So like, I mean, I'm making like $75. I was spending more money on it than I was making. You know what that's all about. You've grinded yeah. just the way I did. Um, I got so burnt out just from the grind that I was like, I just want to love this again, you know, and I haven't done anything work related to it since we started always race day. I'm really just a race fan now. So this is great. Like I would have never seen like, Oh, look at NASCAR's tweet. Screw those guys. Like I (laughs) never would have thought that in a million years, but you're right. I mean, I I'm, I'm not a big pack racing guy either. What did you think? Was today's race good? Did you enjoy it more so than you thought you would? Good at like a meh scale yeah, but you know but like, like, it's hard to watch that package and like objectively be like i like this yeah. this is good this is what i want one to and ten this, i expected a two i got a five that's fair <laughs> i was being generous i'm being nice that's fair um, i hate those no, tracks but, too so you're not you're yeah, not no there's a connotation out there that like nascar fans just complain about everything i hate the fans that do that not not the fans that complain fucking hold them accountable all for it but there's people like, oh, all these NASCAR fans just sit here and complain about the race. Like, sit back and w- just enjoy what you're watching. And it's like, yeah, to an extent, that's a thing. But I think everyone knows the writing on the wall of where NASCAR wants to go with this package and how this car is going to be and what the next-gen car, you know, you're moving to a whole new car next year. And it's not going in a direction that looks promising to get those good types of classic races that we watched uh, for, and we loved for different reasons you know mm-hmm. yeah it, listen and i and i'd be a liar if i told you i watched every lap i didn't oh yeah it's, it's no a, i'm right there it's, with it's, you it's a mile and a half i, I refuse to watch every lap so El, shots got a win yeah shots got his 301st uh career win with the outlaws this week second of the season why do uh, i like him Red River. why do i like him now because he's not winning as much. <laughs> I mean, is it that simple? That's it. He is. He's a great quote now. Oh, like, he's. I the mean, man. he used to be hard to talk to, but nowadays he's a real good quote. I think part of that comes from familiarity. But I, again, it was kind of like the Hendrick thing. I think for me, but like, I was actually surprised at Knoxville last week that he got booed as much as he did. I, I thought, think- he, dude, that was like reminiscent to John Cena. <laughs> Half the crowd loved them, like because the cheers came after the boos. Yeah, and everyone just started talking about the boos because it's like they were waiting to boo Donnie shots, and then people were realizing that he's getting booed, and they're just cheering just as loud on the other side. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there; I was watching it on TV, obviously. But I, I was surprised. I thought that, um, I thought that people a bit. I actually was like rooting for him. Is that weird? Like, because I, I like Larson a lot. But, like, I was like, damn, like, how great of a story would this be? That would be the only national nationals win that everyone in the crowd would love. If shots were won? Yeah, and I think some people would have hated it because Larson would have lost a guy that they've seen win all the time. But I still think it would have, like, amped up the storyline so much more. Oh, yeah. If shots could have passed him on, like, the last lap, it would have been epic. But, yeah, talk about a weird season for him because he's not doing much. Of anything. Where is he at in points these days? I think he's actually in the top four. Okay. I I just, like, again, just. He just hasn't gotten the wins. Just a fan talking here. Like, the the day-to-day outlaw shows that Larson's not racing at have lost a little bit of their luster. I think it's because of last year. 
Like I, I think it like last year we had like a really like old school Billy Moyer type of guy in Larson where it's just like you never knew where he was going to show up because he didn't really run one series. We go to these right. racetracks. We're like, oh, we're in Davenport and we're hoping to see Moyer, but we're just we don't know. So we're going to get there four hours before and wait for his trailer to pull up. And that was kind of like how Larson felt last year. Although in 2020, you have a much better idea because of the internet and whatnot. But like, I don't know, like the racing's still great, obviously with the outlaws, but I just, I'm not as into the day-to-day stuff with them as I have been. Like this, right. the, the Brad Sweet, David Gravel, like, I mean, I like those guys, but they're not like, I don't know. They're not really like firing me up. Is that fair? No, that's fair. I think, uh, and he is uh, fourth in points, 246. Oh, come on. What are you shitting on? He's fourth in points. He has two wins this year. Yeah, but I mean, come on. He's right up there. He's a top five sprint car driver in the world. That That's really good, and I'm proud of him for that. Good for him. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else did I miss this weekend? Andy Carr was in, where were they at? St. Louis? St. Louis, yeah. yeah anyway. I, didn't, I didn't know that race was on. How are they so poor at promoting IndyCar. I think just a lot of their stuff gets washed in the weeds, but I think last, or next year they're preparing for potentially, and I say potentially because I heard the confirmed number of 18 races for the 2022 schedule. Um, and then when I talked to Penske, I talked to Roger Penske on oh, Thursday. That was pretty this dumb. Guy. Name dropping yeah. Roger Penske. $2.9 billion net worth, just my old buddy. Man. Having a beer talking, talking sports. Um, you should tell him to sponsor Always Race Day. Jeez, I, I didn't mention it. So pissed. I, I, that he can, there's an IndyCar PR guy like sitting there, like staring at me and listening to what I'm saying. And I'm like, okay, he, you don't have to. Do Roger that. Pinsky could take a dump, and and that dump would be worth more, uh, plenty to fund us for a year. So we got to do a fundraiser campaign to get like a cup of Roger Pinsky shit. <laughs> You had to take it that far. Okay. I'm just um, saying, I'm taking it literal. That wasn't the, so the race wasn't the story this week. It was no, Iowa but, Speedway. Yes. In both those Iowa Speedway races next year, I guess I should, I should podcast etiquette a little bit here. IndyCar announced that through Hy-Vee sponsorship, that they would be coming to the Iowa Speedway two times in 2022 uh, in the same weekend, a Saturday, Sunday show. Uh, and they're doing like a festival style thing. Uh, throughout the weekend. So they want it to be a big event, a musical type thing and um, get all these people hyped up. And then they're also putting money into a third Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing car. So that third car will be primarily sponsored by Hy-Vee and it'll just be Hy-Vee. See, why doesn't Hy-Vee take like one one hundredth of what they're spending on that car and give to us? And we could we do more with that. always race day. Right. Um, <laughs> But no, I IndyCar is supposed to have like thirteen races on big NBC next year. That's good. I, I thought that so they like were seventy five percent of their schedule is going to be on like broadcast now. Yeah, that's big time. I thought like when I was reading about their negotiations in Sports Business Journal, I was really feeling like they were going to get stuck on Peacock a lot. There's two Peacock races. That's good. Is what the word is. You read Adam's journal at them. Yeah, yeah, he's really That's good. Your reading, he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, he does a really good job. All right, um, let me talk a little bit about the Iowa Speedway thing. I haven't been on the radio since this happened. Uh, I had events in 
family stuff. Really makes me feel good that Hy-Vee's pouring money into this. They clearly, they have a financial interest in this. You always knew that Penske loved Iowa Speedway. Did you hear, because this is where my mind goes, and I this is great. Like, I'm not, a year ago at this time, I thought the track was going to die. Okay, so I'm not going to be the guy who, like, complains about it right now because we're getting a double hitter for IndyCar, right? That would be wrong for me mm-hmm. to come on and just, and to do that. I mean, we started to freaking save Iowa Speedway campaign, okay? Um, my question... We should be credited as much as Hy-Vee for saving the Speedway. No, I'm not, I am not saying and that Graham at all. And Graham Rahal for podium, podiuming in a Hy-Vee car. What I'm asking is... Where is NASCAR at now? Because the optimist in me goes like this. NASCAR is clearly seeing the, uh, they're reaping the benefits of messing up, messing around with their schedule, right? Like this schedule, listen, uh, they've been, what did Fox call it? The the best year ever, whatever. All those. Best season ever, yeah. yeah all, all those promos were. I don't know if it's been the best season ever. Uh, Bill Elliott, Alan Kowicki in 92, probably right there for me. That's old school, but that's how into it. Like my family, when Bill Elliott raced was like when the Vikings are playing or, or when the Cyclones are playing, like that was how big of a deal it was when the number 11 Budweiser car at that point for junior Johnson racing would take the track. Um, I'm more glued to NASCAR every Sunday than I, than I have been since sitting around with my dad and my uncle, you know, watching Elliot Earnhardt, like Gordon, all those guys go at it. So they're doing something right. The pandemic worked. My question is, will they keep messing with the schedule? And if so, do they look at this and be like, well, Penske's paying us this much. We have to have the track ready. Like we should just do a Xfinity truck weekend or screw it. Like, Let's bring the cup cars there. For, like I, To me, they always tell us in radio that you're not supposed to be predict. You, you shouldn't be able to predict somebody's radio program. Like, oh, it's 3.30 on Tuesday. I know this guest is going to be here, right? Like, I think NASCAR would be really smart to have a very unpredictable schedule. So then when it comes out, we're all like, oh, Nashville, the fairgrounds, you know? Oh, Iowa has the all-star race and just be really unpredictable. Is there any chance of that, that now IndyCar's back, NASCAR, who owns the track, will do more with it? Yeah, there and there's a chance. I mean, um, they're still trying stuff. That's the thing is... They've had a lot of those shit show races this year where it's like, Hey, this is the first time we've tried this and they're supposed to be learning from it. Next year is going to be like the round twos for all those. If those all turn into shit shows again, I can see this going in a really weird direction. And I don't think that will happen. Um, I can promise you there's a couple of new races that will be on the cup schedule next year, but I don't think I can say more than that. Not Iowa. I don't, I don't think Iowa will be on there. I think uh, the Newton mayor talked to me, and he said with how big they want this festival-style IndyCar weekend to be, um, they want to attract NASCAR uh, to bring the Cup Series there. That's that's the whole goal of the whole thing. Um, is they have they to. Still, they still want that. Yeah. Oh, they have to. Like I, I mean, I I, so. 
They own they own the track and floored it into the ground. I think they owe Iowa a Cup race at this. Well, I mean, and but I'm not saying NASCAR has to. I'm saying the goal has to be Cup. Yeah, because the fans clearly have spoken like they they supported the shit out of that thing for so long. I don't know. We already we already have the most um, the most incredible asphalt racing on the planet coming to Iowa Speedway. So, like, to ask for anything else is like uh, that's that's debatable. <laughs> Uh, I love IndyCar. Don't, 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 you're not going to paint me as an IndyCar hater on this podcast. Cause I, I was watching IndyCar when you were in diapers. All right. What's, <laughs> what's next on the agenda? Let's do, let's do a little preview talk for, uh, the upcoming weekend. And okay. then, uh, when we do midweek, we're going to try to do like a midweek interview type episode. Um, and when we do that, we'll probably wrap up any loose ends that broke on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, stuff like that. All right. Um, what's next week? Where are we at? The Cup Series has their last race, the regular season at Daytona. Oh, wow. So there's one playoff spot left that's available. I thought it was Talladega. It's Daytona, huh? I, it I, is Daytona. I'm so used to Talladega Daytona. Talladega is the last race of the second round. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I... But I like that their cutoffs like that. It's going to be crazy. Someone could lose their spot just because some rando won at Daytona. Well, I mean, kind of like last week. Yeah. But I mean, no one got like, bumped out from all like day or whatever. Ricky you know? Stenhouse could win on Sunday. I'd love to see it. He talked to my dad at Nationals on uh, Thursday night. Wow! Okay. I called him. I called him in the suite. I had, I said, "Who are you up there with?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm just with Ricky Stenhouse Jr." You guys are just dropping names. Roger Penske. Yeah, I, was, I was like, "What the hell did you?" Ricky you Stenhouse. Hey, for what it's worth, while we're dropping names, I think I got a connection to get Scott Bloomquist here on the podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome. I want to get Moyer. That's he's dirt track. Jesus. I did tell him once that my boss adores you. And he, he seemed to have like a slight idea of who I was talking about. and was not, not liking it. And then he just like <laughs> just dropped off the face of the planet. It's been the yeah. weirdest thing. I've been They're racing this weekend with the outlaws. Moyer was or, or uh, with Lucas. I think Billy. Him, him, yeah. Senior and junior. <laughs> I didn't even know that. You even know why? Adam dirt draft was lying to me. Because I the, did my dirt draft. Well, the damn Mab TV app. Th- this is where, like, you and I have this like friendly rivalry. I'm a Lucas Oil guy. Connor likes the. Uh, uh, this, this week I got a little rockier, but yeah. My God, the the Mab TV Plus app is one of the worst pieces of technology that I've ever tried to use in my life. Is it to the level of that? how they social media for their races because they're bad yeah, at it. It's terrible. They should and hire they have a lot of good. They have a lot of good drivers. In that tour Oh my God. Horrible. That tour, like to me, it really like when it, the day to day guys, like it, it real. I, I know like you and me do the thing in jest. Like you're, I, you're actually smart. You're smarter than you act. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas oil is a better tour, but I can't ever watch it. Every time I try and get on that, try not to drop F bombs. That stupid <laughs> app is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life of trying to watch racing. But here we are again, 2021. I mean, but back in the day, we never knew. But I want to get Moyer on. We'll get Bloomer on. Okay, but back to the point. We're at Daytona. Yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, is it a night race? It is a night race. It's Saturday night. So Good. I can see Austin Dillon. He ran pretty well today and got taken out at the end of the second stage. That was wild. Um, I think they both kind of... Both Austin Dillon and Brad Keselowski kind of admitted like they both played a fault in that. 
but that really screwed Austin Dillon for trying to race in normally on points. So he's going to be wanting to be out front uh, leading the race as is Tyler Reddick. They're the two that are competing for that last spot on points. Um, and I can see Austin Dillon's won this race before. Uh, Bubba Wallace has ran really well at Daytona. I can see some of these guys, you know, just getting out front and finding their way in. Okay. Um, What else is coming up this week? Do we have midweek shows? What's going on? Yeah, the uh, Outlaw Sprint Cars are running on Wednesday night um, up at River Cities, I believe. Um, And then they run Friday at uh, Greenwood I-80 Speedway. Oh, my God. Are you serious? This Friday? Yeah. We We could go a day trip down there. I got to be back on Saturday for the Barnstormers playoff game, but if you wanted to go down. We should totally take my camper and go to the Outlaws on Friday. We could. I got to be back like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock on Saturday. In the morning? Yeah, I know. It's not ideal. You've never been to that track. I've never watched a race at that track, no. It is. I mean, I'm biased. I announced there for the Kaziskis for... I don't know, three summers, twice a week. I've basically spent the night at that, in that press box. Probably if we, if we go, I'll drive back, I'll drive your truck back or I'll take my car. That, that'll be a hell of a show. So I used to watch like, um, they never got outlaw shows when I was there. They always had like the, um, what's the, what's the other one? It's not the Tony Stewart one. Whatever. It's not all stars. No. ASCS. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's the 360. Yeah. yeah, and it would be like you know some of the guys you see trying to like yeah whatever. That's my Adams County is where I grew up. It, as far as like the best racing, I think on it's more of a late model track though. I 80s as good as it gets. So if you're listening in the Midwest and you're a sprint car fan, like I would totally get out there on Friday. And also, I mean, there's a lot of rumblings that they're going to be shutting down after next year. So your time to get out there might be limited. And the Kaziskis are great people. Joe and Steve are phenomenal. Like I, again, I, I worked for them forever. Like they were totally awesome. I really appreciate that family. Late model legends. Let me look into that Connor, because this is my last weekend without college football. Right. Although there's a couple of games, but nothing that I've got to cover. So maybe I can convince my wife to let me get out there on Friday. We'll figure that out. Um, and then the Knoxville weekly series uh, has their championship race on Saturday. Uh, three drivers still mathematically alive and Davey Heskin, Justin Henderson and Brian Brown. It looks like Heskin will probably win it. But um, if Henderson or Brown like can out qualify and out he race finish, Haskin and then uh, get to that final race and beat him by eight or nine spots. They'll have a chance to overtake him. I went to college with Heskin's wife. Good people. They're really cool. he's, he's had one podium all year and he's still managed to be first in the points. I was just going to ask you that. Cause I didn't recall him winning. He has not won yet. Wow. That's that doesn't happen very often. I would it think. does not. I no. mean, Carson got his three sixty championship once i think he only had like one win and i think he only had one win last year when he got it yeah yeah that was last year when i was thinking about it and ryan giles who leads the 360 this year only has one win wow well points racing at, at knoxville um yeah that'll be cool 
I you could have a hell of a Midwest sprint car weekend though. Friday, Saturday, and I and Hugh sets on Sunday. Right, and I think that Hugh's to run on Sunday every uh, every week is helping a lot with the sprint car scene around here and who's running where. No doubt. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So on that, you and I are uh, stay tuned. Maybe maybe you can get me to cover a race Friday night. Yeah, I can send in for press passes. I figured you'd want to sit in the stands and drink beer and cry. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely going to happen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not covering anything. I'm going to go straight to the seat where my me and my uncle Dick used to sit at, and that that's where I would be. And I'd probably try and rub shoulders with a bunch of old friends. But man, I just don't think there's a lot of people there. I'd probably get up there with you and just talk to guys after the race. Yeah, I was say, screw, that. screw that. Let's just get a designated driver. We could do that too. Perfect. All right, what else is this week? And then we got to wrap it up. Um, last thing I have is the World of Outlaws are also uh, the late model series is going to Davenport for three nights. Uh, oh. They're calling it the Quad City Showdown. 10,000, 10,000, and 30,000 to win on Saturday. When, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yep. God. Everything's culminating to the same weekends, man. It, it kind of stinks because, I mean, like, you saw everything that's going on in Iowa during Knoxville Nationals weekend, and, you know, we're sitting here like, man. No one gets how big this thing is. Yeah, the Davenport thing is really intriguing. Here's the deal, and and this we got plenty of time to for me to rant about late model series competing against one another. But those Eastern Iowa shows are great because all of those Mars and you know SLMR and all the you know all those guys will be there. That's that's the key. I mean, that's really what makes those shows. Again, like you've got. Connor, on a day-to-day in the World of Outlaw late models, what, three, four guys who can win? Yeah, five, maybe. I mean, but it you, depends. You, on, if, if, then, if it's more than that, it's guys who show up from other series. That's my point. Like, in eastern Iowa, I mean, there's just there's so much good late model racing in that region, in eastern Iowa and that on that side of Illinois and mm-hmm. Minnesota guys. You know, like, you'll probably get Jimmy Mars, you know, all those guys like that. You know, the... Hell tour is over. Pierce will be there. Yeah, we almost didn't talk about Pierce winning twenty nine grand for the Hell tour. So how many um, how many features did he win? I think it was twelve. Was the final? Yeah, he, he had a good uh, he had a good Hell tour, and then that modified driver is just insane. I yeah, mean, that Hoffman, kid, <laughs> Hoffman won like eighteen races and got second, and the one he didn't win. That's insane. He yeah. had daily he had daily tweets and I might want to I might catalog him this week for always raise day, but he I, would just call he called his car a shitbox every day on Twitter. And he just kept winning. He's like on track activities still going well. I love the Hell Tour, man. It's my favorite series. It's my favorite series in all of racing, the Hell Tour. I just wish we could get more than like four guys to run every race. That's that's the problem. Like I I understand. Amp the purse. Amp the purse. I know. They got That's it. What, no, I mean, also, the, my my biggest problem with dirt racing, on a consecutive basis of every series battles this issue, is make the purse for winning the championship over the course of the season more money, because then you will get more drivers caring about their finishes throughout the year, caring about every race more, and it will ultimately just help your series grow. And it it always fascinates me. Again, you guys are going to hear a lot on this podcast about my tours around the Midwest as a child. And I had this crazy uncle uh, who got me into all this stuff. 
And he would always like be hyperbolic about like the purse and the car count and all this stuff. But like, it was, I, I, I remember I, I'm like 12. Okay. I was born in 84. Do the math. And he'd be, he'd be like, Oh, it's 10,000 to win tonight. 15,000 to win tonight. Well, hell Jesus. It's 2021. You know, like it's still the same and thing called inflation, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I just look at it. I'm like, how do these guys afford this? If you're not, if you're not winning, if you're not Brandon Shepard and he's got the best stuff anyways, right? Like it's Kyle Larson's going out there and taking money away from people. Oh yeah. Well, that's a whole other deal. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to get like, I think we'll, we'll probably have a decent opportunity to get some world of outlaw guys on this podcast from time to time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to um, ask that question. Yeah. And I've had a few guys uh, that I've talked to that will absolutely come on and I don't want to spoil the guest list yeah. in case he has something going, but I think we got to go to one lined up coming up. Awesome. All right, man, I got to go. I got to, I got to get my, uh, get my other Sunday night podcasting done, but I appreciate this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. Everyone uh, tweet me any complaints you have at my takes, or you can email them to Jared. I'd love to provide you with his email address because he will read all of them. I actually think we should do like a, at some point, like an always race day, like hotline where people yeah. can be like, you know, have a few too many pops and they can call in and just be pissed. Are you just doing drunk dialing, drunk dialing at night? Yeah. Just be like, ah, man, Brad sweet did shots dirty. I'm pissed about <laughs> it, you know, or whatever. I don't know. This will be fun. The best thing you guys can do to help us to make, if you've enjoyed this, share it with your friends who like racing and tell them to share it with their friends. The number one way that podcasts grow, two things, consistency, that's on us, and word of mouth. We need you guys to be able to turn this into what we want to turn it into. That's all I have to say. That and... um Go chase Elliot. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hope you tune into the coverage this week. And uh, we got Cusets tonight. Uh, heat races are just about to start, so I'm going to go watch some sprint cars. Don't drink any. You can't be a, <laughs> you can't be a professional drinking beer while you cover the sprint cars. Absolutely. All right. I would never. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week.